Are you a mum looking for some parenting inspiration, tips and advice, stories on the ups and downs we face in our lives as parents, some humour and a little bit of fun? Then you may have just found what you're looking for. Hi and welcome to the Parenting in the Thick of It show. I'm your host Louise Clark, a certified parent coach known to many as your parenting partner. As a mum to three teenagers, you can bet I've probably been there, done that and heard it all. Trust me, there'll be few things that I haven't experienced firsthand. I created this podcast because I just love to help mums like you find ways to navigate life in the thick of it and find a way out of it. Hi and welcome to episode 461 on the Parenting in the Thick of It show. It's been a while since I talked about screens, the impact of screens, the havoc that screens and devices and phones are wreaking on kids' lives and parents' lives alike. And I read recently an amazing kind of short story. It was a chapter in a book called Untamed by Glennon Doyle. If you've not heard of Glennon Doyle, she's the number one New York Times bestseller of Love Warrior and an Oprah's book club selection, as well as New York Times bestseller of Carry On Warrior. She's an activist, speaker and thought leader and the founder and president of Together Rising. And she's raised over $20 million for women, families and kids in crisis. So she has been named as one of Oprah's Super Soul 100 and one of the 100 awakened leaders who are using their voices to talent and talent to elevate humanity. Sorry, I stumbled on the reading there from the back sleeve of her book, Untamed. So Untamed is a collection of kind of short stories, um, incidents, situations, occurrences that happened in her life and what she has learned from them. And she says, you know, it says in the inside cover, Untamed shows us how to be brave. As Glennon insists, the braver we are, the luckier we get. So on that theme of bravery, I want you to ask yourself how you are going to be brave to stand in your truth and stand strong with what you know you value and what you know you quote unquote should be doing with regard to managing your kids and their screen time, device use, game time, social media time, all of it. I spend most of my days working with clients one-on-one and in my group coaching and invariably the communication and conversation evolves around screen time and how do we navigate this challenge that we are all faced as a result of it and I really do believe we have to be extremely brave we need courage We need to know we're not alone. We need to take a firm stance. I watched The Social Dilemma on Netflix. Many of you listening might have listened to it as well. And I think it's great. The cat's out the bag. A lot of us knew that it was a problem. This made us understand just how much of a problem it is. But I'm, I'm left with the question, what now? So now we know it's as invasive, we know it's as addictive, we know it's wreaking havoc on kids' lives. We know that the people who design and, 
you know, create these games and new platforms, we know that they don't let their kids have them. That's a very strong message to be putting out in the world. And yet we succumb as parents. We let our kids sign into Instagram age 10, age 11, maybe even younger when the recommended age is 13. Why? Because their friends have them. So there's always someone who has them. So I really believe we have to take a very, very firm stance and get together collectively as parents to try and nip this in the bud if it isn't too late. So, you know, what can you do to set some limits? What can you do to make sure your child is not sleeping with his or her phone? And it can take quite a radical stance to actually get a grip on it because, you know, very often it is out of control and parents will admit it's out of control, but they just don't know how to get it back in control. So I want to read this chapter from the book on page, let me see here, it's on page 157 and the chapter is is titled Poems. When Chase was little, we'd find him at our kitchen table drawing maps of the world and making lists of every country on earth and its capital. He'd pass entire afternoons writing his own song lyrics and we'd collect little poems he'd left all over the house. When he turned 13, we bought him a cell phone because he desperately wanted one and we wanted to make him happy. Slowly, we watched him fade away. He stopped drawing maps and reading and writing and we stopped finding poems around the house. When he was with us, I could sense his need to be there instead. So even when he wasn't on his phone, he was gone. He was just hovering among us. His eyes changed. They became a little duller and heavier. They'd been the brightest eyes I'd ever seen. And then one day, they just weren't. In his phone, Chase had found a place easier to exist than inside his own skin. That was tragic because inside the itchiness of our own skins is where we discover who we are. When we are bored, we ask ourselves, what do I want to do with myself? We are guided towards certain things, a pen and paper, a guitar, the forest in the backyard, a soccer ball, a spatula. The moment after we don't know what to do with ourselves is the moment we find ourselves. Right after itchy boredom is self-discovery, but we have to hang in there long enough without bailing. There is so much about phones and children that parents worry about. We worry that we are raising children with commodified views of sex, lack of real connection, filtered concepts of what it means to be human. But I find myself worrying most that when we hand our children phones, we steal their boredom from them. As a result, we are raising a generation of writers who will never start writing, artists who will never start doodling, chefs who will never make a mess of the kitchen, athletes who will never kick a ball against a wall, musicians who will never pick up their aunt's guitar and start strumming. I was once talking to a Silicon Valley executive who had played an integral role in the creation and proliferation of cell phones. I asked how old her kids had been when she'd bought them phones. She laughed and said, oh, my kids don't have phones. Ah, I said, don't get your kids high on your own supply. Those who made the phones are creative people and they want their children to become people who create, not just consume. They don't want their children searching for themselves out there. They want themselves discovering themselves in here. They know that phones were designed to keep us addicted to the exterior life 
and that if we never dive inward, we never become who we are meant to be. Abby, Craig and I talked about Chase's slow fade incessantly, but we didn't do anything about it. I knew in my gut that he was becoming addicted to his phone and that it was interrupting his growth and peace. But I was afraid that if I took his phone, he'd be left behind and left out. He'd be so different from the others. It took me two years to remember that fear of being different is a terrible reason for a parent to avoid doing what her child needs her to do. When Chase was a freshman in high school, I asked him to take a walk with me. As we made our way down our driveway and onto the sidewalk, I turned to my bright, beautiful boy and I said, I make a lot of mistakes parenting you, but I only know they are mistakes in retrospect. I've never made a decision for you that I know in real time is wrong for you until now. I know I'm not doing right by you, letting you keep that phone in your life. I know that if I took it away, you'd be more content again. You'd be present. You might have less contact with all your peers, but you'd have more real connection with your friends. You'd probably start reading again and you'd live inside that beautiful brain and heart of yours instead of cyber world. We'd waste less of our precious time together. I know this. I know what I need to do for you and I'm not doing it. I think it's because all your friends have phones and I don't want you to have to be different. The but everybody's doing it reason. But then I think about how it's not all that unusual for everybody to doing to be doing something that we later find out is addictive and deadly. Like smoking. Everyone was doing that a couple of decades ago. Chase was quiet for a while. We kept walking. Then he said, I read this thing that said kids are getting more depressed and stressed than ever because of phones. It also said we can't talk to each other as well. I noticed those things about myself lately. I also read that Ed Sheeran gave up his phone. Why do you imagine he did that? I asked. He said he wants to create things instead of looking at things other people create. And he wants to see the world through his own eyes instead of through a screen. I think I'd probably be happier without my phone. Sometimes I feel like I have to check it, like it controls me. It's like a job I don't want or get paid for or anything. It feels stressful sometimes. Okay, I said. Chase and Tish both decided to quit social media and use their phones only for texting. We're going to wait until high school to get Amma a phone. We do not want to give her a job while she's so young. We want to give her the gift of boredom so she can discover who she is before she learns what the world wants her to be. We've decided that our job as parents is not to keep her happy. Our job is to keep her human. This is not a story about phones. This is a story about knowing. Brave parenting is listening to the knowing, ours and our children's. It's doing what is true and beautiful for our child. And no matter how countercultural it seems, it's about how, when we know what our children need, we don't pretend not to know. I read that chapter and I had goosebumps. And because it is such a huge part of my life in the work that I do with the parents that I see, I've read it to many of my clients. I think the book is fantastic and it's not all on this. This is an isolated chapter on her and her son and the cell phone and her view of it. Her view is mine. I think we need to take a radical stance. And certainly in the work I do with parents, I challenge them 
to stick with the limits that they set, to deal with the pushback that they face when they're ki- they can't go on their phones. It's not easy to do this. It really is not. The pushback can be huge. And sometimes you need a registered child therapist or child counselor to actually accompany the process because the effects of coming off these screens and not having access to friends can be you know, a, a, a challenge, a huge challenge. In the group coaching that I run, in fact, we're just coming to the end of the second cohort that I have seen through and all of them want to continue. So we're going to continue and we're going to make more strides and I'm going to support them in trying to set the limits and hold the and, and be able to deal with the pushback that our kids give us in the event that we say no to a phone, take a phone away at night, whatever we do that we know is in our kids' best interest. So I am going to be running a new support group starting in January. There's already people signed up and on the list. I have a limited number of space spaces. So if you're interested in joining me for the group coaching, then I would love to have you. It's an amazing place. It's a place where you can be brave, a place where you can be vulnerable, a place where you're supported, not by just me, but by the others in the group. It's a place where you feel you are not alone. It is a place where you gain strength, where you are able to do what you need to do in order to stand in your truth and meet your child's needs. As Glennon said, brave parenting is listening to the knowing. There are few parents out there who don't know that what they're doing is not right. We know it's not right, but we continue to do it. Why? Because everyone else is doing it. Why? Because all your kids' friends are on their phones. And supposedly all the kids' friends' parents are not as strict as you that let them have their phones 24 hours a day. If you feel sick to the pit of your stomach about the amount of time that your kids are online and the amount of time wasted in the real world for the sake of the virtual world, then join me in January. I know it's a busy time between now and January, but why don't you sign up for it? Why don't you give it to yourself as your Christmas gift? But you know you're not just giving it to yourself. You're giving it to your child. You're going to get your bright, beautiful, highly spirited, curious and creative child back. Now, in the, in the group coaching, do we just talk about screens, screens, screens? No. Why? Because it's not actually all about the screens. It's all about you. It's how you are showing up permissive to what is going on with screens. I say this with compassion. It's not easy. Daily, it's a battle for me to get my son, my 15-year-old, off his screens. My other two are 18 and 19 at the time of this recording. They're through. You know, I can't really do too much more for them. But I know this is harder for me with my 15-year-old than it was with the other two. Why? Because he was exposed to it younger. Why? Because that's just what I did because the other two had phones. Is it out of hand? No. Why is it not out of hand? Because I walk the talk. I do what I share with my clients and I share with the mums and dads in my group coaching program to help them get aligned with their values. 
when we are not aligned with our values, and this is one thing that usually goes against us, we just know we should be doing more and we're not. And how does that leave us feeling? It leaves us feeling overwhelmed, frustrated, feeling like we're a failure, doubting ourselves because we're allowing something that we know is not right. So in the group coaching and in the work I do, it's not all about the kid on his phone. It's all about you being able to stand in your truth. You about changing the way in which you show up in the face of your child wanting his phone again at midnight or sneaking into your room to get the phone because you keep it in your room at night or you wake up and go into the family into the 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 study and you find there's phones missing because your kids are sneaking them at night you know they've got a backup phone these kids are doing whatever they can to be online because they can't cope with not being online and i want to ask yourself this we all know that our kids are are highly, highly skilled in the virtual world. They are developing skills in there that are really good. Don't get me wrong, there's a place for it. And they are highly skilled in the virtual world. But I want to ask you this, are they highly skilled in the real world? Are they able to wake themselves up in the morning, get themselves breakfast, make their lunch, get out the door on time if they're going to school, if they're going to virtual school, Are they able to get to their desk on time? Are they able to come home and do their homework, work, complete the assignments, hand things in on time? Are they able to make a dinner? You know, if they're 15, 16, can they make a meal? Can they put their phone down at night, leave it and not take it and sleep with it? These are life skills. The life skills kids need today are grit, resilience, curiosity, creativity, confidence, courage, They need all these skills and I'm afraid to say that many of the the children I know are not developing those skills. They're incapable of tolerating frustration. They're incapable of delaying gratification. They're incapable of being patient and they're incapable of being bored. So if you are struggling, email me, Louise at your parenting partner, and let's get you signed up for the new cohort that's starting mid-January. It'll run, it runs twice a week for an hour of time, live with me. There's nothing recorded in, in the group coaching. It's all live. There's Q&A sessions, there's content sessions. It's awesome. The um, one mum in the last group said that she felt she had got the value of the, the course in just the first hour alone. She said it's been worth it just for the first hour. So I would love to see you there. Um, so as I said, email me at louise at yourparentingpartner.com. We'll get you sorted out. If you don't want to be there, no problem. I've got lots of podcasts here where I can guide and help you. And this chapter in the book was really eye-opening. And that's why I wanted to dedicate an episode today to this to help you see just what you can do and what you have to do. What I believe we all have to do collectively is my dream for all the parents in the world to take a firm stance and say, no, you can't sleep with your phone. No, you can't be on it all day long. Because then when all the kids are off their phones for parts of the day, then there won't be people to continually be there for them. So they'll, they will be driven to connect in person more. 
I could talk and talk and talk and I will save the rest for another show. But if you've enjoyed this, please share, share it with a friend, share it with a family member. You could share the, the group coaching with a, not share the group coaching with a friend, but get a few friends to come into the group coaching together. People you know well, that you trust, that you can be vulnerable with. And you can, you know, do sit in the course together with them and you can get together outside of the course and talk about your parenting. Amazing thing to do. Anyway, I will love you and leave you. And I hope that you've enjoyed listening to this. Until next time, bye for now. That's it for today's episode on the Parenting in the Thick of It show. If you enjoyed the show, please do share it with your friends and family. And remember, if you find yourself stuck in the thick of it and can't see a way out of it, please send me an email. I would love to help you. My email is louise at yourparentingpartner.com. And don't forget to take a look at the Parenting in the Thick of It family organizer that I created. It's an evergreen family calendar guaranteeing 12 months of use from whenever you start. It also includes beautifully illustrated, informative and interactive monthly parenting theme pages to guide you through the year. It's the perfect organizer for busy families to keep track of all their activities, plus help parents be the best parent they can be. It's more than just a calendar. You can find the link for this and the other social media platforms that I am on below the description in this episode. Thank you so much for listening today and I look forward to being with you all soon. Bye for now.